Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse Back Society podcast. My name is Kyle, RM by Tess, Unstoppable Nurse by Design. And this is episode six. I am almost double digits, but still have ways to go there. Um, if you've been following this for a little bit, I do these weekly podcasts about just cardiac arrest and education and all this information about that. And then there's a little mini series going on right now about the different medications that we use during um, those emergent events. And in this episode, I kind of want to start out just by saying that there are going to be some changes going forward. I am... I finally figured out, I should say, I finally figured out how to go from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, so you can find it there now as well, or if you're listening there, hello. Um, And I'm going to eventually figure out how to uh, bring this to YouTube so that there's more channels, more ways to connect with all of you out there and bring some of this education and knowledge and just fun um, times with you. But going forward, I'm going to start eventually making this into more of what I'm going to call like a code blue banter. I'm going to try to bring on guests that we just talk about the different experiences that they've had with cardiac arrest um, in a light hearted environment so that everyone could best learn from their own experience and place themselves in that shoes. Um, and as I talk about that, and experience has been a, a key driver for a lot of this. And through experience, we get better, but the lack of experience can make us feel unconfident and make us feel like we're not able to succeed for our patients. Um, and that's what really where all this came out about in these podcasts and content that I'm creating and the people that I'm bringing on to help with that content creation as well. It's going to be fun and that's the whole point of it as well is just trying to do this in a in a way that will be remembered. I don't like the style of just reading from text or giving you um things out of a book because the <laughs> no one really learns that way people always learn and they learn from their preceptors when they are going to be a nurse and the way that they end up teaching the most memorable things is through experiences talking through experiences their own experiences just being able to find ways to teach through that and that is where this like i said came about and I hope that you're getting some benefit from, or you're not going to listen to any more podcasts or episodes after this, and this will be our farewell. But I hope you are enjoying the content, and if you are, you know, just like, follow, tell your friends about it. Um, anybody that wants to learn about what nurses do to become unstoppable, point them in this direction. Like I said. I'm going to be creating a lot of content um, that you'll be able to find on YouTube and here on the podcast and everything else just to, I guess in the best way I can put it, is just to bring 
much knowledge as I can around this and as much knowledge as I can around supporting you, the nurses, and myself, the nurses. I'm doing this a lot for myself as well, just trying to um, get out of my own way, get out of my own head. Um, I spend too much time thinking and I need somewhere to, to put it all because I'm running out of space um, up, in, up in the noggin there. But I'm excited about uh, everything that's coming and really other than, you know, telling you guys about all the stuff that's coming down the pipe and that's going to be coming out soon, I did want to spend a little bit of time just, you know, having a real talk today about some of the experiences that have defined my career and have made me eventually go down a career path that I didn't necessarily know that I was going to take in, in the beginning. And we'll get into that here in a second. I just need to tell you that you can find a lot of this content um, over at on YouTube. Is the nursing your curiosity um, spelled exactly the way it sounds? That is the channel over there, and then the website that you can find everything at is going to be at thepulseback.project.com. That is P-U-L-S-E. BAQ.com and that is where you can find links back to the podcast episodes. This is how you found it. Then uh, welcome back uh, to the, the circle, and that is where you can find a link over to the course uh, that was created. I created it with the help of nursing students out there that I had talked to. Um, some of the nursing instructors for everybody, but then a lot of the nurses that were transitioning into their nursing career, um, they were having a lot of uh, just a lack of confidence around having the experience to perform well for their patients when their patients needed them the most, like when their patients tried to die on them, when their pulse stopped and were trying to get it back you can find the link over to that course there and really the course goes through um, some of the experiences that I went through that I teach when I'm a preceptor and help define who I was and how I overcame that own fear and lack of confidence and just wanting to be the best for my patients I think I've mentioned this in an episode before it's like I would go into every shift and get my one to two assignments there in their critical care unit and after saying hello to them I would just sit down at my desk start getting prepared for the day and the first things I would think about is how is this person going to try to die on me today what are the top three ways it's going to happen based based on where I am there and if I got through my shift without those things happening I was thankful but if they did try to do it Hopefully it was one of those top three, and it usually ended up being that way. So then I was able to kind of already mentally prepare for the cardiac arrest that was coming. And I mean, not to say we were doing everything we could to prevent it from happening, but when it's inevitably going to happen, I was prepared for it, even if I've never had that experience before. And I 
enjoy that aspect of it is just being prepared and I guess that's just part of my personality is just thinking through every worst case scenario possible and that is what I teach you in that course is how to prepare how to be how to debrief how to get yourself to make exponential experiences out of one experience how to take one experience and make it many and you can find all that through the website at thepulsebackproject.com and we'll see you there but getting into what I was going to talk about today is just some of those experiences that defined who I am and how I ended up transitioning through the career that I've done so far and when I was in nursing school I was like I'm going to be a critical care nurse that's all I care about so the only thing I'm going to go do I want to go work at an academic institution because everyone I've talked to has told me that's where you get the best experiences with the coolest things. Um, so I went off, got my job, got into my critical care unit. I was working at the CVICU when I first started and started at an academic institution. So check, check, check. Next goal, let's go to CRNA school that's what everyone else was doing. I had absolutely no clue that there was anything outside of bedside management, advanced nurse practitioner. Because, I mean, that's, that's really all everyone or anybody wanted to be was one of those things. Um, that or, or going off and being a realtor after being nursing for like three years or something. I mean, teach his own whatnot, but... <laughs> It wasn't really to me like my best patients were my intubated ones with no family members there and it's nighttime and, and there we go you know like classic like cush icu nurse assignment but needless to be said like that's that's where i started that's where i was heading that's where i was going got my certifications did everything i could tried to educate myself i did everything i possibly could two years to be prepared to go and just get into CRNA school and then call it a day. Applied to CRNA school and when I was doing that I was just thinking like I felt like I had not gotten enough experience even though I had quite a bit and like had done a lot of things ECMO and all the medical devices that you can shove into a patient to keep them alive, managing them for days, 20 plus drips going because why not, right? And then we got CRT to take all that fluid off and we just stuck in there and everything else underneath the sun. And I felt like I didn't have what I needed to be a really good CRNA. And I was putting the, almost like the mindset of like having everything I needed to go be in CRNA school and be that person who's like top of the class has already basically gotten all these experiences I'm just practicing some of my skills and we'll call it a day and whatnot and I felt unsure about that path but I applied to some schools ended up interviewing and Let's, let's just talk about that for a second. Um, I was completely 
nervous like anybody should be um, and completely thrown by just like the questions that they were asking and like they added you know, like tell us a little about yourself you know the classic job interview question um, tell us why you wanted to pick the school and then the next question I got was what was the last book you read I'm just thinking in my head like I don't know like the last book I read was I guess an article on that AACN posted about some critical care thing that I'm trying to do to keep up my certification that's not really a book I guess the only other book I read was um, Do Cows Meow but I didn't really think that they wanted to hear about the book I was reading my kid but personally I hadn't been reading any books at all because what I've been doing I've been working I've been taking care of patients like how much time do you think I have outside of things with the family and whatnot? So that completely threw me um, and whatnot. But the, the, the thought, the, the questioning just like, I mean, it just went downhill from there. And, um, and I mean, I have to say that that's part of the whole process is just um, being able to get used to some of the questions that they'll ask you and the variety that they will. And the one question that stuck with me from this was they gave me a scenario. They said, you just showed up to work. Your, your unit got overflow from the ER. You have a patient that is a pediatric patient. The patient was 11 or something and was put there. And you had to keep them until they get transferred to the facility they can accept them. It's like, okay like patient's family, the patient's unconscious and is being supported by multiple trips. Um, but it has been determined that the patient needs blood to help sustain life. The uh, mother and father practice a religion that do not accept um, blood transfusions as, as a part of that. And they said that they don't want accept that it's like okay you know that's the patient's family's choice um doctor somehow got the uh, courts to rule in favor that they've got guardianship over the child and has now ordered blood products for them for you to give um what do you do and i was like and i feel like i, I i'm over exaggerating this a little bit but i felt like i just kept saying well that's a tough situation <laughs> I did say that out loud. Oh. But it's like, I mean, what I realize now is like they're, both answers are correct. They just want you to make a decisive decision quickly. They want you to either say, yes, I will give it, or no, I will not, and why. And I end up thinking through my head, I thought through too many things, and I said, okay, I, I gave... I'm going to give the blood. I mean, you want to save the kid's life and everything. And then they were like, okay, two hours later, the, the patient dies. What do you tell the family? And you're like, oh, of course it has to go this way. Um, can you tell the doctor to go talk to him? Like, I'm sorry, but I was just trying to do my best for the patient. And, and, and in the moment, I was like, Fully frazzled, all this kind of stuff. But like I said, 
but I realized after it and thinking about what was happening was like, they just wanted you to make a quick decision. They wanted you to be faced with something that was beyond your scope, that challenges you, but still be able to make that quick decision of what you're going to do. Because that's what you have to do in critical care and CRNA, being that provider, um, being a nurse practitioner in the ER, like being in charge of someone's life, you know, it's like you have to be able to make those quick decisions. And even though that wasn't like an experience that I experienced personally, the clinic, I bawled over that questioning for months. I would even say years. I mean, I still think about it from time to time now. It was like, does anything change now based off of what has happened? And and it kind of goes into this whole experience is what ends up defining us as a nurse. And and how I tell my preceptees is like, you don't have to experience something in real life for it to have a meaningful impact on your clinical decision making and your, your ability to care for your patient the best. And I mean, as you can tell, we're here at this podcast now and I haven't told you I'm a CRNA because I'm not. And I didn't reapply because I didn't feel this right best move for me and my nursing career. Would it have been fun? Yeah. Would it have been cool to tell people night-night, see you later. Um, I used to joke that my best uh, mental health skills and, and, and critical care practice was when a patient started like just talking and talking and talking. It's just like you just do a little more sedation and then make it pass out again. You know, it's all good. <laughs> A really good listener then. Um, yes, and the patient did want to watch SportsCenter at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mima is an avid baseball and basketball fan. I mean, she wants to keep up to date on everything. Um, and yes, she is in a medical coma. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but, you know, it's like those type of experiences being virtual, I mean, had had an impact. And, I mean, obviously, it's not as much as like going through that real life experience. I mean, I remember when I had, I feel like, I remember the night of six codes and they didn't all happen at once. I mean, the majority of them happened to happen all kind of at once um but it's just like that experience even though I was only in one or two of those codes that night on my unit maybe a couple more I mean we had four of them going at the same time um with a couple more they just kept coding and that's where we got the six uh, from but even though like I get that experience in my cardiac arrest, I was like, what would I have done if I was the charge nurse and I'm supposed to be in charge of this entire unit and there's six codes going on at the same time, like extreme scenario, like what and how would I best support everyone here if, if I'm stuck in a room because I mean, 
night, I mean, let's say we had a high acuity and we're lucky to have 18 nurses. Well, that's three nurses per code if it all happens at the same time. That's, I mean, that's the bare minimum. I mean, you probably get away with two if you're got a couple really good experience been doing this for 5, 10, 15 years or something um, and whatnot. but it's like I saw the doctors running around going from each one trying to manage all of them at the same time and they're like that's some intense experience but it's like what if what if you're working on a hospital that doesn't have the doctor there all the time what if you're having to call for somebody to come or what if like there's so many what ifs out of this and and really again that's where we got to where we are now and that's why I feel so passionate about doing this is because the experience that you gain in real life can just be compounded by the experience that you get just from mentally preparing and taking the experience and making it into more experiences and and I mean we were lucky that you know the it wasn't six different patients that night that coded I mean it was four of them that individually coded which is still a lot for a unit in one night um, but then <laughs> then it's just a repeat after that um, from a couple of the patients but it's like everyone went home exhausted you know it's like that's a lot of work and that's not something that we were hoping to have to do but something that as nurses and clinicians that we do do and it gave me much respect for you know ER nursing um, there's some places that <laughs> the patients are rolling in coding one after another and you're just doing this over and over again let's not even talk about the like emotional drain that it has and the calluses that we form and the dark humor that we rely on to get through these experiences. Um, it's just, just crazy that, that we are here as nurses and there's so many of us that stick around and I'm so proud of all of us that are still here taking care of the patients and, and doing things in nursing that make a difference. And, I really hope that this community, as we're in episode six, really grows to be able to foster the support for each other and that we can rely on each other to talk to, just even talk through like these experiences that we end up getting that are in these high stress um, situations that are emotionally draining that can cause us to break if we're not supported in the right way and I mean COVID taught us all about how much mental health is important but it's like I mean we first have to take care of our own mental health before we can take care of the mental health of others if we don't know our own weaknesses and strengths and biases and our shortcomings and whatever other thesaurus type of word I could use to relate to what we are as a person and as a nurse and as a clinician to be that caring person for someone else and is that someone else's family then 
mean, we have a lot to, to grow on and that's part of the experience of being nursing that can't be taught in nursing school. But again, that's something that we can prepare for. We are sheltered in our beginning days as new nurses, as nursing students. We, we don't get to, to have that full feeling of the weight of a family's patient and that patient themselves putting it all on us for 12 hours at a time and hopefully bringing them to where they get to leave the hospital and get to transfer the next unit and get to get to spend more time with their family and friends and everyone else. We go from the sheltered to a little less sheltered and then all of a sudden we're just out on our own. And if we don't form those bonds and build that community around us, even if it is like a community is going to be more than just one person. You have two people, you have your work bestie that's able to support you, then that's good. Grow it a little bit more. Grow it even bigger. Grow into a group at work of an entourage of besties that can get you through it. And that's something I struggled with in the beginning just because I'm a little more reserved. I'm a little more not willing to open up to people in the beginning. And like, I've, I don't know if I mentioned it here or there or whatever else that I put out there or something like that, but it's like I was known as the best guy for like four months or the guy from Texas. And that was it. Like, people didn't really know my name. People didn't really know anything about me. And then people, like, I started to open myself up, started to, to become friends with people there. And it's not like I didn't ask people for help. I didn't ask to, for these things or whatever. But it's like I just came to work, did my job, tried to learn everything I could, and then left. And that was it. I mean, <clears throat> just don't. Don't necessarily be like me. Be where you're able to put yourself out there and and make friends and and have that support group around there. If you want more of the support group, we're here. Pulseback Society, the Pulseback Project, Nursing for Curiosity. This is all here for you and the support of you becoming better so that you can be better for your patients, no matter what the situation, no matter where you want to go with your career. So I just ask you to follow, like, subscribe, do all those fun social media things, share them with your friends, share with your work besties. Let's build this community to support each other and to grow our community experience so that these virtual experiences can make more experiences for ourselves so that we can prepare for when we don't have the experience for our patients there. So again, you can find me on YouTube, Nursing Your Curiosity, pulsebackproject.com, which has links to the podcast, to YouTube, to the course, to everything. 